Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Eschback. And I'm everybody's boyfriend, Matt Golden. How's it going, lovers? Well, uh, I'm not sure how to respond to that. Feels sweet and aggressive at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how it was intended. Uh, today, we're going to talk about something very near and dear to Alex's heart. Uh, we're talking about The Punisher. We're talking about the 1989 film Starring Dolph Lundgren, the action adventure masterpiece. I can't. I can't wait to talk about it. Frank Castle is an amazing character. I thought we were talking. Dolph about- Lundgren was <laughs> the greatest uh, portrayal of this character that I could ever uh, think to come up with. And I'm just really excited that we get to talk about something old for a change. Classic is the word. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think we were. I thought we were talking about Punisher. The song by Really Fish from the 2012 hit album Candy Coated Fury. Oh, yeah. shit. So we're Great both- song. It's not, it might be one of the strongest songs in the album, but like, if you had to compare it to anything, it's probably about as good as the Beatles' White Album. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, it, tomato, tomato, really. Yeah. I mean, t- to some people, yeah. it is the Beatles' White Album. Yeah. Whenever the chorus is, I got to tell you, you're a Punisher, like that speaks to me in ways that nothing has ever before. It opened the- my heart, it opened my mind. And I was a changed man after hearing that song. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, Alex Eschback has just opened up to us all emotionally for the first time. Uh, it only took him like 80 episodes to get there, but he's just revealed something tender and true. And- Speaking of someone that is very difficult with their emotions <laughs> and <laughs> needs no psychological help or whatsoever, we're talking about the season two of the Netflix series, The Punisher. Uh, yes. Um my dog is also named Frank Castle, uh, so I'll post a side-by-side because they're definitely... Twins. I'm guessing your girlfriend doesn't know about Castle being the last name. No, definitely not. Not at all. <laughs> it, it'll be official whenever it's on the Instagram. Yep. That's the things are official these days. Yeah, she probably will not like seeing a picture of our dog next to John Barenthal, <laughs> our tiny wiener dog, but no. Is that an insult to John Barenthal or your wiener dog? Both, honestly. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's just jump right in. Okay, so let's do a quick character recap from season one, because this is season two, and we watched the whole thing, so spoiler alerts for season two of Punisher, Um, but we've got Mr. Frank Castle, the Punisher himself, Uh, who was first introduced in season two of Daredevil, and then obviously got his last season, his first season last year, and probably his last season this year. He was Uh, uh, first introduced, correction, in the 1989 film, (laughs) The Punisher, starring Dolph Lundgren. I think the comics came out before the film. Nope. Dolph Lundgren created this character. He wrote it. Uh, Um, It was made for him. But who's way season one? Frank basically got thrust into uh, fighting some justice and helping this guy. Can he smell the penetration? Yes. Okay. Uh, It's actually his one superpower. (laughs) Yes. Uh, The sixth sense he's got. uh, And it basically ends with him (laughs) destroying the face of the man who destroyed his life by killing uh, his wife and family, and that would be Billy Russo. Yeah. Who, watching season two, like, I forgot, like, especially during season one, how good, like, the show was at making you hate Billy with the passion in season one. He's like, just a, a good old hunk. I yeah. don't know. He's a good old boy, you know? Like, the way he twisted, like, Billy Russo served with Castle uh, in the Marines. Oh, I thought yeah. it was at, like, a, at at, a at, coffee shop. At Applebee's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when you're here, your family. <laughs> 
Uh, so, uh, but you know, things happen. Whenever you kill a man's wife and kids, you tend to want to bloody their face in a mirror, which was very satisfying in season one. Uh, he also screwed over Madani, who was with Homeland Security, who is played by Amber Rose Riva. Um, and she was basically left wanting revenge and shambles because Billy used her and because of their connections, uh, countless, uh, agents and police officers knew the one died, uh, too, and because she, she trusted Billy. She is a detective in the so, uh, police force. Homeland security. Yep. Sure. That's the one. Uh, and yeah, who else yeah. is there? Uh, uh the bigger reason one was Curtis, uh, Curtis as well. Uh, Castle's other friend from the war who didn't betray him. Now, most of the time, trying to help uh, vets with God, PTSD. All you got to do is just betray your friend one time and kill his <laughs> wife and, and kids, and, you know, you're his second favorite. Uh, and then we also, uh, season one, the other major character was Micro, uh, who sat, David Lieberman. Yeah, who sadly does not make an appearance in season two. Uh, but he's essentially replaced by someone else, not, not in the same tech role, but in, like, the surrogate uh, role. But... I, I wish he'd been in this, but I'm glad they didn't feel the need to force him into this role. I like to imagine that he's off somewhere with his wife and kids uh, being happy and safe. And then Detective Sergeant uh, Mahoney is the only other recurring character. Is that correct? I can't remember Mahoney from season one, but Mahoney might have been in season one. Yeah. He just seems like the kind of angry cop that just is always yelling about something. Yeah. In a TV <laughs> show. Uh, but season two, like I like the way it opens because it opens with Castle like not New York. Uh, not Castle from the TV show Castle. No, Frank Castle. No, yes. Franklin J. Castle. Franklin Delano. Yes. Castle. Uh, it actually opens with Frank all buddied up driving uh, with a woman in the in a van uh, as people are chasing him in another car. And he basically turns around and fights him off as he does. Yeah, and I just picture him listening to the uh, CCR song uh, about uh, looking out my back door. Yeah. Do, do, do. Look uh, we, we don't have the rights for, oh, for you to sing yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I sang uh. not enough words and not in the right rhythm, so yes. we're fine. And by CCR, you mean? Cross-Canadian ragweed. No. That's not a band. You mean? <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, clowns clowning rigidly. Yes. Okay. Safe. Take that, lawyers. <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah. Uh, but he's in Michigan, uh, and he stops at a bar. He befriends a lady, uh, Beth, uh, who I liked a lot. And I thought Beth, I don't know how you, but I thought Beth was going to be a major player. Uh, she, she disappears after the third yeah. episode, but they, cause they hook up. He meets her kid and she was great. It's the actress who's, uh, plays Juliana and man in the high castle. So she's a lead in that. So that's why I kind of thought she was going to be more of a main role puncher. Cause she's already a, the lead character and another, major streaming show right now now is it just me or when the punisher has sex with somebody do you just automatically that she's going to have his kid and it's going to also get murdered in front of him no but i i do get the feeling that like she is going to get murdered yeah uh it basically almost happens because through a lot of convergence as what happens to frank he just can't seem to go anywhere without mass murder happening around him yeah there's always a new crime drug lord trying to kill innocent people Wherever, at whatever bar he happens to go to, wherever it is. But we see this young woman, like, go into the bathroom in the bar, and Frank notices people, like, basically stalking her in there. And so Frank follows them in there, and they try and kill her and kill Frank. And this bathroom fight scene was just ridiculous and awesome. Yes. Yeah. Now, 
quick question. Is it lazy writing to just go through and have a, this kind of a weird happenstance happen at this bar that he just happens to be banging I mean, you, you have to have something. I mean, it has to be some inciting incident. So, yes, and it is lazy writing. So, like, I was fine with it. And just because anytime there's a scene where people underestimate Frank or don't know who he is and still try and mess with him, like, you know, it's just going to be amazing because Frank is just going to destroy them. I enjoy those way more than, like, the kind of, like, staged ones where the guys coming up against him know what the fuck he is capable of. Yeah. John Barenthal is so, I think he's great at the puncher, but he's so good at, like, this primal, like, rage scream. Like, you can feel like whenever he's angry or gets stabbed or gets shot. Like, you can just feel that it's not pain that he's screaming. It is just pure, unbridled, I'm coming to... I'm, I'm coming. coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming to take your head and crush it against the bathroom sink and watch that sink uh, crumble. Yeah. And then your sword's going to be, I'm going to grab their arm, I'm going to break their arm in the opposite direction, and then take that knife and stab you with that knife that's still in their hand. Do you think he's super turned on by all this violence? <laughs> I don't think he is, because to him, it's just like breathing. <laughs> so if he's not committing random acts of violence, then he's probably dead. I'm now only turned, after we've watched this and Daredevil and Jessica Jones... And all these Netflix Marvel shows, uh, I'm only turned on by comic book violence. Is that, do I need to see a doctor? No, that's completely normal. Okay, cool. Yeah, you are just like Frank. Just checking. Uh, which is also a reference to a Lesson Jake song. You're welcome. Uh, so, And this will do it for the henchmen of comics forever. <laughs> uh, but the fight in the bathroom spilled out to the main bar, which just escalates from there. Uh, and people are attacking uh, the young woman. Amy, whose name we don't know at the time, but I, well, I like that there were actually a couple of patrons that actually tried to help her and like pull people off. Uh, and there's the bouncer who is who is a giant man as well too, who tried to help Frank mm-hmm. in this fight too. And sadly, he met his end in this fight. And I liked him. He seemed like guy. He was doing his job. He was beating people up. Oh yeah, he, was he had like a really cool name too. Yeah, uh, I don't remember what it was. I'm gonna say it was Axelrod. Uh, I'm not going to look it up. So his name is Axelrod. Okay. It's now official. That's now canon in the MCU. Yep. Um, so let me just start off by saying that these first three episodes should have been like a holiday special. They should have been like That'd a be three cool. episode holiday yeah. arc. It just happens to take place at Christmas. The bars decked out for Christmas. I would love for like because Netflix to do stuff. It they do it a bit. It seems but. like the first three episodes and the rest of the season have nothing to do with each other except I mean, for this girl. They do because you, you you get introduced. I mean, obviously the girl, and you get introduced to Pilgrim. Uh, you see where Billy is now. You get introduced to the Doc. Uh, but I do agree with you. I, I think that would have been awesome if they just like cut these three and had done them as a holiday right. uh, special, and then you had the regular ten. Uh, just kind of like it does feel like it's a uh, what we're looking for. Kind of like a gap season, like if there was a way. And it would have been an excellent bridge between season one and season two, which it is anyway. But I think if they'd done it that way, that would have been fantastic. It made those first three episodes really, really roll by. But it made the rest of the season kind of really chug along and kind of lurch forward and kind of stop and then lurch forward. Like if you're not changing all the uh, liquids in your car. (laughs) appropriately like Uh, i don't do sometimes oops real quick before we uh jump forward i will say too that in the bar brawl beth gets shot and looks like she's dead like i I thought she was dead because just just tragedy just happens in frank's life frank's able to drop her off at a hospital and then basically get out of the picture uh so let's, let's talk about hospitals for a quick hot second uh what do you think about billy and his 
brand new blank mask that he's wearing for absolutely no reason. I was fine like with like the mask and it wouldn't uh, last, but I was a little disappointed because it felt like Billy was supposed to be Jigsaw, the villain created by Garth Ennis, but his face wasn't screwed up enough for me. No, he had like six little like, scars. Yeah, he, he had scars and they were like deep scars. But like if you've ever, if you haven't, you should Google like Jigsaw, Punisher, Jigsaw Marvel Comics. I just look at the images, see how messed up his face really is. Like that's what I wanted to see. Yep, I looked uh, it up and it is, pretty which cool. they did in the uh, the Ray Stevenson Punisher film, uh, which is actually a very narrated film. Uh, but it, it, it's something that's done much better. But I guess like when you have a pretty actor, it's hard to justify messing up their face to be unrecognizable monster man, especially when he's a total hunk, man. But when I found out that the villain, I mean, it is Jigsaw, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when I found out it was Jigsaw, I was really excited and hoping for a Saw Marvel crossover and <laughs> it just didn't come to fruition. Just with a little scooter just rolling out anytime Frank rolls in. <laughs> uh. Just give me that Tobin Bell voice once, please. Yeah, exactly. Even, even if Billy Russo would just would have asked Frank if he wanted to play a game. You had your chance, Marvel. Come on. Uh, Weak shit. But I did think, uh, like, I did... Actually, I'll jump into this. We do get a little bit of like the way their relationship, or Frank saves Amy, who won't tell him his name, and he she's annoying, she's obnoxious. It's a great little relationship that they have. I feel like he's she kind of becomes like his like surrogate teenage daughter. Uh, I thought it was super annoying, and then it was endearing, like the last like three or four or five episodes. But the first half of the season, when she won't tell him anything about who she is, he saved her life. She's watched him kill. So many fucking people <laughs> and save her life. And she's like, he's like, I'm just going to keep you safe. Like, don't worry about it. I got you. Like, yeah. You just got to tell me who you are. And she's like, no. Although she, she just trusts Frank pretty early, but she wants like kind of information. Like there's a scene where they go Doesn't and any fucking sense. where she dresses up like she's an underage girl. Uh, and they go uh, to the guy who films that, like in the, whatever you call it, the building. I know the, the creepy pervert. Pedophile uh, building, yeah, pedophile yeah. building. I like this scene uh, a lot, yeah, actually. Which they uh, worth the pedophiles, yeah. <laughs> but she's kind of like conscious because Frank is gonna kill him, and she tells him not to. But then she tells him that there's other ways to get his revenge, and encourages him to light the entire building <laughs> yeah. on fire. So as I see, it, it's like his twisted like teenage daughter, essentially, like someone who's lived on the streets uh, and knows like the injustices of the world, and knows that. The cops are not going to be there to right wrongs, and sometimes imagine taking to your own hand. You, you don't have to be a violent sociopathic murderer like Frank is every time, but there's still ways to, to ruin people's lives. Anybody that encourages the main character to commit arson in any show, uh, Grace and Frankie would be vastly improved yeah. <laughs> if they were constantly committing arson. I agree. I think uh, Nailed It would be great too if they're just committing arson. <laughs> Um, um let's let's jump back a little bit because we skipped over um a really cool part in episode three where they're um just hanging out in a police station just shooting the shit yeah that's all that happened yeah <laughs> nothing else it is it like the moment like when frank gets arrested by the cops you're like oh well this is this is just not gonna turn out well i mean frank just goes because i mean it's episode three i have yeah. absolutely no worries about what's gonna happen to frank or really but anybody. Essentially, one of the two main villains of the season, Pilgrim, uh, who is basically a evangelical, like fundamentalist, uh, former Nazi, uh, which is so hot right now. Yeah, uh, comes uh, to basically get Amy or Rachel. It's Amy or Rachel. It's Amy. Uh, and you just call her Archel. <laughs> cool, Archel. Uh, 
and he doesn't by any means necessary. Uh, and so they decide to shoot up the police station and Frank has a broken wrist, uh, who's all ha- handicapped and he keeps insisting that the only way they're going to get out of this is to give him a gun. And finally, after an officer, okay, well, first the cops think it was going to happen is it's safe to send one officer out to go and get help at another station. And of course, <laughs> the officer gets shot, uh, immediately. immediately yeah. And Frank basically like told him it's going to happen. Uh, so whenever they just give Frank a gun and Frank just going through the woods, just murdering people one by one in the dark, like that shows like his skill set above all others. Like these backwards hillbillies are no match for someone who is a trained like special forces Marine who also has no qualms about committing mass murder and who's also angry and pissed off. Yeah, they really should have done the Benny Hill theme music with this, though. <laughs> it would have so, vastly so, improved. Someone it. can make that cut. Oh, uh, please. And it gets broken up because a helicopter falls on the scene because Mah- Mahoney flies out there. Mahogany. Uh, even though Castle called her earlier as his one phone call in jail and she <laughs> blew him off, which I thought was pretty great, too. That was pretty excellent. But she only comes out there because Billy was in the hospital in jail with his face all messed up with a special white mask, like Matt said. And he escapes by uh, basically taking his doctor hostage, not like medical doctor. But his mind doctor, his, his psychiatrist. His mind doctor. Can we just talk about this psycho lady for just a minute? Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Is she not the best therapist yeah. of all time? You you know how, like, in season one, like, you hated Billy for how twisted and cruel he was and how evil he was, but how no one knew it. It's like that, too. You just want to see that character get the comeuppance. Doc, Doc was that for me in season two. Like, I, at a certain point, you just want horrible things to happen to her. Uh, No, she was... A total babe, total smoke show, and all she wanted to do was heal this broken baby bird and get married and run off to an island together. Yes, the best way to heal the baby broken bird is to sleep with him, encourage him to go on murderous uh, rampages and murder others, and uh, to further screw over his former best friend, uh, which also we don't talk about, about Billy, is that he can't remember what happened to him and why Frank hates him so much, which, but which makes him a tragic, tragic figure. He's still evil disagree. and awful, yeah. uh, but it makes him a tragic figure this season. I totally disagree because he killed Frank's whole family. If he didn't kill his whole family in front of him, I, I didn't say he was innocent and I, I, I didn't say he, he doesn't deserve his comeuppance, but like it as his, because he just doesn't know. Uh, he's still evil to his very core. Oh, I, I do not care. I have no no sympathy <laughs> for this devil man just because he can't remember. He should have had way worse happen to him. But, you know, who gives a shit? Um, this doctor got her degree at the University of Phoenix. I assume that an online institution had to give her her psych degree. Nobody else would have done that. Yeah, exactly what would happen. Uh, I think, actually, your favorite moment happened, though, in the first New York episode. I'm pretty sure it was whenever Billy was riding the bus and that guy got on the bus. Oh, yeah. I actually, actually texted you this, which, by the way, this is a totally fucked up scene. This guy on the bus had this mo- the most amazing shirt of all time. It just says in bright, very retro colored letters, I got a big dick. Uh, <laughs> I immediately texted Alex a picture of this and said, I can't believe this guy has your shirt, man. Uh, but he proceeds. The lawsuit's pending. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. Thank God. He proceeds to berate a clearly mentally ill guy with scars all over his face who's totally ripped on the bus and he just thinks he's being a totally funny jag on. Yeah. Like, he's like, oh, look how cool I am. Like the kind yeah. of guy who would wear that shirt in public. Do you think he had a big dick? 
Yeah, natural. Like you, all the t-shirts you wear are 100 percent true of who you are. Oh, like okay. right now, I am actually Spider Gwen. <laughs> skanking. Yeah, it's legally binding. <laughs> Why? Are, stop skanking in here. There's who I am. <laughs> um, what else, man? What else do we have to talk about? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of great moments. Uh, Turk is back. The Turk has been the mainstay, the connected thread through Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Daredevil. And Frank basically uses him. Turk thinks that he's gone like a criminal, uh, but he basically uses him to get to the Russians because Frank thinks the Russians are behind it and tricks and basically tricks Turk into Turk being hostage. And he goes to this gym to beat up the Russians and such another like the fight scenes of this are just so visceral and violent that they're just so well done. And just seeing Frank murder and beat up Russians using everything like in an equipment room. Like that, that's, that gym scene was cool. Yeah. Some of these things, though. Are a bit ridiculous. Nothing. It's all. It's all very accurate. It yeah. happens every day in New York. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure, lots of people get barbells thrown at them and they just keep uh, fighting. Yes, constantly. Uh, I guess that's what happens when you do cocaine in the weight room. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know what your gym is like. That's my. That's my pre workout is just a half a gram of cocaine. Yeah, that's pretty good. Just, just put that in your shake. <laughs> uh, I give it to my dogs too when we go out to play, just so they get. Super there, amped up. I think another great, like, cathartic moment, too, or just pure badass moment. Billy gets a gang together. They decide to go rob a, uh, like, a cash advance type place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they come out of the robbery, you just hear someone shouting Billy's name. And then it just cuts to Frank wearing his Punisher vest. But it's the same one he wore whenever he bloodied Billy's face. So it was all covered in blood. Yeah. It's all like the bullet holes. Like, you just see the sure the sheer terror and panic on Billy's face. As this psychopath is screaming his name, wearing his dried blood on his chest, coming down to kill him. Yeah. It was actually a pretty cool moment. I'll give you that. Um, tell me what you think about uh, Preacher John or whatever his name is. Pilgrim. Yeah. Uh, finally, we thank God we finally have a cool, um, badass preacher in a comic <laughs> book TV show. We haven't got that yet in comics. So that's great. To see. So what do you think of, uh, of Pilgrim just in general for this season? Uh, I like Pilgrim. I like that there was the mystery around him. I like that he had a dark checkered past. I really liked where we got that background where he's confronted by the former Nazis that he used to run with in New York and basically murders all of them because it's a good parallel to Frank. Like it shows someone who has his mission and nothing will stop him on his mission. And the more you hurt him, attack him, just the more ruthless and angrier he gets. Uh, he's, I mean, he's just like another parallel of Frank. I, I thought he could have been a villain all on his own for a season and got more into his background. Yeah. Uh, and more, his motiva- but his motivation was he basically, he thought that he was serving God. He was working for Corbin Burns, Corbin Bernstein, who's Schultz. I can't remember his first name. I think Schultz, whose son is a Senator. It's a powerful religious family in New York with his religious evil wife. Uh, this is what happens after he was done with my major league, I guess, or after he was done being the dad and psych, either one, <laughs> just a natural progression for that character. Uh, but there Wait, is this not the same guy from Polar that we talked about last week? It's exactly the same guy from Polar. Okay, that's uh, so uh, I liked and Pilgrim did seem threatening, which, which is what I like about Pilgrim. Like you know, Billy is threatening. You know, Billy's evil, but this broken Billy didn't seem as much as a, 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 a potential threat to Frank uh, physically as Pilgrim was. Billy's probably more of a mental threat to Frank. Yeah, uh, I'll talk more about Billy later. But Pilgrim was a total badass. Uh, total smoke show for like three three quarters of the season, and then 
around the time when the the badass fight scene happens in the bar where he kills all those ex-Nazis, and then he starts self-flagellating, which, by the way, is very hot right now. <laughs> I highly recommend you guys all try it. Uh, he kind of takes a turn into alcoholism and starts banging whores. I did like that scene wherever he goes and like knocks on that guy's hotel room, and, and, the, and the guy's like, "What do you want?" And the guy has dr- drugs uh, and whores in his room, and Pilgrim is like covered in blood, like all cut up. It's like normally if a guy like that is just staring silently at me, knocking on my door, I wouldn't be aggressive with him out the bat. Well, the next time we see him too, he just it cuts to him giving this impassioned, drunken. Fucked up speech while he's just getting blown by a hooker. Yeah. And it's so weird. Yeah, it is very weird. It's so it's, odd. I, I think the biggest weakness for Pilgrim is that Marvel TV has had so many amazing villains really outside of Iron Fist and the second half of season one of Luke Cage. All the villains have been fantastic. So I think Pilgrim was great. He's not quite on the tier of like Kingpin or Bullseye or Purple Man. Or uh, cotton mouth. Yeah, or... anybody but the that David Tennant one. That guy really sucked. <laughs> and uh, what's his face from season two of Luke Cage, the Jamaican? Well, I can't remember his name. Copper uh, mouth. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he he just too. has so, a mouthful of pennies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a power! <laughs> Luke Cage is so embarrassed by him. He, he, Luke Cage fails. Just he's like he's like I can't I can't I can't do this. It's it's like picking on someone. Uh, it's like picking on a child where <laughs> you're just spitting pennies at him. <laughs> where the dreaded copper mouth. It's the slowest path to riches ever. <laughs> his current scheme is just to bankrupt the US economy by putting too many pennies into circulation. Was his catchphrase, I'll blow your brains out? <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. Yeah. Anywho, um, speaking of uh, older Marvel shows, this one has uh, kind of a running theme for us has been talking about the music in this. And of course, there's a stripped down version of fortunate son which of course anytime you talk yeah. about the military you have to play yeah fortunate i think so son. yeah <laughs> it worked though for it uh but like it like you will always hear uh korean clear watering sort of like even if you saw the new if cross you saw, canadian yeah if you saw kong skull island because there were soldiers in that they also played ccr did they that, really yeah okay oh, and it worked Gross. i was like i'm on board exactly what i needed well, I just deleted a note I had, and I hope it was not important. It was well, a reminder to take your medicine. Oh, fuck me. Well, um, speaking of that, there's also White Stripes, uh, the Dead Weather, so they're yeah, pretty heavy I, I on, you'd love that, yeah. on Jack White this season. And there's some Amy Winehouse in there, which I really appreciated. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why they didn't play Punisher by Luke Fish. It was the comic based <laughs> on the song. It was right there. I, they probably couldn't afford it. It's probably a $20 million, and their budget was 18 for music. So one of the things I really had an issue with, uh, we'll kind of talk about Billy for a little bit more now. Because uh, he starts forming a gang of veterans, uh, which I've been trying to tell people forever that veterans are the only problem facing our country and we need to kick them out. Yes. That has been Alex's yeah. official henchman of comics. We need to send them all to Maine. <laughs> and all be crabbers. Uh, but he can't understand or remember why Billy wants him dead or why uh, Frank wants him dead. And literally, you can Google it. Amy spends five minutes on the internet <laughs> yeah. and finds Fine. out yeah. that Frank, Frank is the Punisher. Yeah. And I imagine you can spend five minutes and find out that his there family was, got murdered. Speaking of Amy, towards the end, uh, Amy gets captured by these guys that Pilgrim sent after her. Uh, and they all confront her down. And Frank just goes and kills them all because they have Amy. And there's this one guy whole, basically pointing a gun at Frank uh, as he's coming towards her. And Amy does this, this disarming move that Frank taught her. And shoots the guy a bunch. And what I loved about that moment 
is that she's freaked out because she just shot and essentially killed someone. But Frank comes up, takes a gun, and just kills the guy. So that way, Frank is one that did the murdering, and she didn't kill anyone. I thought that was a really awesome moment. It shows what she learned from Frank, and like it showed that Frank still has a heart because he knows killing is not for while well, killing is easy for him. It, it's not for everyone. Yeah, he's no he's no Tin Man because he's already got a heart. Yeah, look that reference up. Yeah, totally over most of your heads. Yeah. Uh, it's a reference to the Andy Warhol painting of Campbell's suit. <laughs> uh, this season kind of takes a turn, a darker turn, when Frank thinks that he has killed a bunch of women yeah. as a setup by Billy Russo. Yeah, and really by the doc. It was her idea, too. Yes, yeah. um, which we, is totally fucked up, yeah. and I love it. She, I love her as a character, and I'm glad that she didn't die. So, Spoilers. Yeah, what do you think of the scene between her and Mahoney at the end? Uh, totally erotic. <laughs> highly, highly erotic. Loved it. Well, I think you really probably should go see like an actual doctor. Uh, <laughs> Why don't you break it down for us? Because it's in a hospital. Uh, no, it's in her apartment. I'm talking about that scene. Oh, uh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, they fight and beat the crap out of each other. And, uh, and yeah, and, and Madani throws her out a fucking, fucking window. Yeah, just and not, not like a first floor window, like probably a third story window, third, fourth story window. Uh, and she lives somehow, but she's basically incapacitated. Yeah. And also to that moment, you see her on the ground, all bloodied, her blood spilling on the sidewalk. And Billy is thinking he doesn't know about this. He gets some flowers because he's done it. He's out. He's destroyed Frank. And they're going to leave and escape. And then he just sees uh, the woman he loves just broken uh, on the sidewalk in front of him. And he looks up and sees Mahoney staring out the window. Oh, it's so great. Um, Karen Page actually makes a... Yeah. appearance in this and it's when frank is in the hospital and everybody's trying to come uh bust frank out of the hospital yeah, which, this is, which is a great scene yeah. yeah and this is when he thinks that he's still killed those women so he's really down on himself and karen's like oh don't worry i killed my brother so yeah. it's fine it was you cool kill to see three women. it was cool to see karen again too i love seeing karen i, I liked it, too. it was a little bummer because she that she works for nelson and murdoch which means that they did get the firm back together but we're never gonna get to see that yeah well maybe it's between maybe it's yeah. in between two and three yeah Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it was a little bit heartbreaking, but it was good to see Karen. It was great for them to, again, tie it all more into the expanded TV show universe, even for just an episode, which is probably all you needed, I felt like. Yeah. Um, well, let's, uh, let's start putting a bow on this season. Yeah. Let's get, let's get to the end of it. Let's get to the, the meatballs and the, uh, and, and the potato lot. soup yes. of it all. Yes. Uh, it's called SpaghettiOs. Um, <laughs> So, uh, I think the big moments, the two big moments, it's basically going to come with the two villains, Frank and Frank Bo- and Amy. Yeah. Frank and Amy, uh, finally decide that they are <laughs> actually going to cosplay forever as a vision of Scarlet Witch. <laughs> and that's basically how it ends. Uh, yep. Turn off the podcast yeah. right now. Let's have that be official. That's actually going to be the vision of Scarlet Witch TV show. <laughs> uh, but Frank and Pilgrim have their big showdown. And as you'd expect, I mean, it's a it's a cool scene in a junkyard, but Frank comes out on top and he can kill Pilgrim. But he decides to let Pilgrim live because Pilgrim was just doing this for his kids. And Frank knows what it's like to lose kids and he doesn't want to make someone. And he basically sees himself. Like I said, Pilgrim is a reflection of Frank. He's he's fighting in someone's war that he didn't sign up for. And he became a broken man by doing it. So he sees someone. He's, he gives him a chance to basically... Become something that he always wanted and not become uh, either dead or just another version of Frank. He gives him a chance to become a better man. Um, so Amy and Frank go confront the real villains. 
uh, or really Amy first, the Schultzes. And oh, I thought that was actually like the people who canceled and pulled the plug on the rest of the Marvel Netflix. Yes, it was. Which made this so gratifying. But she's threatening them, and Frank and the mom starts to make a move to stab Amy. Frank just comes behind her and just shoots her in the back of the head, and she falls. Her head falls flat on the table, blood spilling on the table, and the husband's just freaking out because his wife is dead. And then they blackmail him and get their way, and the world's all a wonderful place. And Billy's all broken down and destroyed. And he calls Curtis. And shot up by Madani, yeah, too. Yeah, shot up by Donnie. He calls Curtis because Curtis is like his last lifeline, his, his la- last potential friend. Uh, he just he apologizes for everything and just wants him to help one get a chance just to heal and get better. He actually tries to go to a back alley doctor. And the the doctor, he doesn't want to get go under. And the doctor says, you need to go under. So he passes out from the pain. The doctor just throws him in a dumpster. So like he knows he's broken and lost and drags himself uh, and we calls Curtis, and Curtis says he will come and help him. The next thing we see is Frank walking in, because Curtis called Frank instead. Uh, and Billy's giving this impassioned speech, and Frank just puts two in him and kills him before he can even finish. Why didn't he shoot him in the head? Like <sighs> Billy could have faked it. I mean, he did die and everything, but he could have he could have faked it. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. Because the next day he's still <laughs> in the exact same position, lifeless, uh, with Curtis Mahoney and the other. Cop, not Mahoney. Mahoney? Madani? Madani, yes. Yeah. There's Mahoney and Madani. Madani. Yeah, yeah. Madani, Mahoney, Mahoney. and Curtis. Uh, and Milan. Uh, they were all there. Well, let me just tell you that this show has everything, folks. So if you're looking for a new show to watch, like I highly recommend it because, like I said, it has everything. It has preachers banging whores, <laughs> creepy masks, children with shotguns, psychotic therapists that will bang you. A man with one leg, women being thrown out of buildings, and the loudest, deepest grunt you've ever heard. I think the the hard part for this, like watching this, is now my kids like starting to like pay attention, like what we watch. I don't know why he doesn't care for some reason. Anytime there's like a violent scene on like Punisher, he just like sit in his little chair and be like, "Oh, what's this? What, what's going on? What are you guys doing here?" Yeah, you've got a see little this. psycho on your yeah. hands. Yeah, and so we'd always just pause it, and then he'd just sit there and wait, and so we'd have to turn something else on. Otherwise, he'd just watch these violent actions. Have you watched any of? Uh, for anyone that wants to see what's happening to the Punisher, have you watched? Any of the new season of Kimmy Schmidt, the last season? <laughs> yeah, I've seen like okay. the, the first four or five episodes. Okay, so uh, we took a break while watching it to watch something more lighthearted. And the very first episode, John Barenthal's in it, which is such a strange transition while you're watching The Punisher. And it's extra special because Titus believes that he's famous from playing Doorman number three in an unaired episode of Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> where he said Matt's line. Yep. Yeah, so if you want to know what's happening in Daredevil, you can also watch <laughs> Kimmy Schmidt, see what's going on with the Punisher and Daredevil, <laughs> uh, which is all pretty great. Uh, so, do you have a favorite quote from this season? Because I actually found one in, in the last episode that just cracked me up. What's your favorite reason. quote? Uh, this is a quote from Amy uh, talking to one of the bad guys, and she says, he's the Punisher, he's going to righteously pull your spine out of your throat. I just thought that was so sweet <laughs> yeah. and kind, like, oh, I liked uh, I liked that where they're Curtis Maho- uh, Madani and uh, Amy are all sitting around the trailer talking about they're, they're having a Punisher pity party. Uh, <laughs> I like too, because it wasn't a line, but seeing where Frank is using someone's phone that he killed, and to unlock it, he brings out their separate thumbs <laughs> he's been carrying around to unlock the phone. That was uh, pretty sad. Also, too, like the very, very ending. It's just like three months later, but uh, we see a bunch of street toughs all gathered in a warehouse and they're confronting each other with guns. And Frank just comes in in the classic Punisher trench coat wearing a fresh white skull vest and he just kills them all. So, like, it's this full transformation acceptance as a Punisher that he's just going to walk around 
uh, killing street toughs. Yep. Yeah. Um, what would you say is the best grunt of the season? Uh, grunt number 12. Grunt number 12. Ooh, that's a solid yeah. grunt. I had to go with uh, grunt 59. Uh, oh, from the first half hour of the first episode. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, honestly, normally we talk about what we'd like to see. I, I didn't want to talk about that because chances are this will be canceled by the time this airs. Uh, <laughs> that quickly. Yeah. So, but what would you rate the season on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, until I see something that truly blows my mind, everything, regardless of what I feel about it, is getting a 7. So, <laughs> pu- the Punisher gets a 7. Okay, I'll give it an 8. I thought it was a great season. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It's definitely worth watching uh, on par with season 3 of Daredevil. Probably n- not as good, a-, a touch below, but it was a lot of fun. And if you just want a bunch of wanton violence, it's a it's a great path to take. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Next week, we're going to be doing a trade swap where Matt and I make each other, force each other to read and basically just torture for us. Yeah, uh, which, spoiler alert, um, A, I hate reading because I don't really know how. I have to use a, a talking Google Translate. Uh, and B, we're recording this. Or a Im- speak and spell. You just yeah. go through <laughs> we're actually recording that immediately afterwards. That's so a inside baseball. Movie magic, baby. Movie yeah. magic. Because someone decided they want to go to L.A., and it's weird because legally when you go to California, you can listen to three songs while you're out there. Uh, Southern California by Wax. Uh, California by Phantom Planet. Reggae Hit LA by the Agrilites. What about California Lovin'? Uh, no. No, 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 no. 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 And Hotel California is actually now banned across all 50 states. Thank God. It's so about that, time. that one's not allowed Hate either. the fucking Eagles, It's man. just you only get that one Phantom Planet song. That one song by Wax for their one hit wonder in the 90s uh, from a video directed by Spike Jones. And then a reggae song. And that's all you need for California. I don't get any Beach Boy songs. Uh, Beach Boys actually were singing about California, Nebraska, little known fact. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Surf in USA was actually about surf and turf. Uh, <laughs> little, another little known. This is Beach Boys Fact Hour. But that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Henchman of Comics. Uh, as always, you can email us at henchmanofcomics at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Sometimes we post funny things. For the Henchman of Comics, I'm Alex Eschbeck. And I'm Brian Wilson. Pitch it easy.